It's been a lot going on. I'm not talking about every man threatening my life. And I feel like I had to just talk about it, you know? Use my voice. Things just ain't fair, but will it ever be? I'm not in a prison, but I ain't free. The skin that I'm in puts me in between. I'm labeled a criminal, cause I'm a young black individual. Oh, I hate that I'm scared to walk down the street with nobody there but an officer. He might say he fears me just so he can kill me. If nobody hears me, they'll never know. It's crazy that this what it's coming to. I'm supposed to feel safe when in front of you. But I just don't know what you're gonna do Especially when you have a gun or two Oh no, no, no This feels like a war We want justice We want justice We want justice We want police officers to be held accountable for killing We want justice Justice. No justice, no peace. Yeah, say his name, say her name, say them all now. Sean Bell, Trayvon, Amar running on the route. Breonna Taylor was killed being in the house, and Anton Black, he was killed right outside of it. I'm tired of it. How many of us are you gonna try to get? George Floyd, Eric Garner, why the f you take a father? Why the f you make it harder? Why the f don't even bother? You gonna say you follow orders? How the f it lead to slaughter? I'm done with it. I don't understand. How could you sit back and watch your partner kill a man? Maybe you ain't touching, but that blood is on your hands. Cause when you doing nothing, we go down this road again. We gotta make a change. It's been too many names. Wish you were me and I were you so you can feel the pain. The pain of the families, pain of the mothers. I'ma do the yellow women killing all the others. You can quickly count you out, man, but just so strict don't count me in. You know? One thing about old Floyd, man, I love the word. We want justice. We want justice. We want justice. We need it right now. We want justice. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to another episode of Trials and Meditations, Conversation of the First Generation Y2K. I am your co-host, Damon S. Trent, and the S stands for Savage. And this is Kim Ness, also known as the Better Kim, reporting live from the backwoods in North Carolina. Now, if you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, we invite you to go to your favorite platform to listen to this episode and leave us a comment or review. Tell us what you love about this interview, about this episode, or better yet, tell us what you want to hear from us in the future. Yeah, let us know what you're thinking. Fast, what's good, B? Not much, you know what I mean? Just meditating and marinating through this COVID uh, pandemic and what else is going on in the world with the, you know, the uprising of, of uh, African-American people in America, you know, fighting for equal justice and equal rights. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> that, definitely, definitely. You know, I mean, that's why we have, we played uh, the song. That's how we start the show off with the song. I think we're going to start it off with the We Want Justice song for, for a couple of weeks here, just to let the people hear the, the Brother K. Fox song. But, you know, on this uh, podcast, we've been having some great conversations. Would, would you not agree? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I thought we, would, we could take it in a different direction today. Okay. Because, you know, uh, spiritual culture wasn't an experience exclusive to us. Growing up in a society. There was there were, there were a whole bunch of other children uh growing through it just like us. And maybe not just like us, but similarly different, if that makes any sense. Right, right. Right. So so today I thought it'd be a good idea to have a guest on the show that could kind of bridge that gap for us, if that makes sense, right? Okay. Well, who we got on the show today? So today we have uh Rakia, aka Afiba, aka <laughs> Dimples. 
a.k.a. Little Betty Yako on the show today. Let's give her a round of applause. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Afiba, what's going on? How are we doing today? I'm well, I'm well, thank you. I'm well. Now, I'm here. You're here? And we're I'm glad here. that you're here with us. We're, we're glad to hear you. Thank you for having me. Now, um, I understand that uh, even though we had the COVID, a lot of people were off and, you know, not working or whatever have you. But I understand that you're a nurse and you are an essential worker in this time. And so we want to just uh, give you a definitely a big up, a round of applause for uh, working through this, this COVID with us. Absolutely. And so I understand that as a nurse, you're on the front lines of, of the COVID. Was does the COVID coupled with the George Floyd experience that we've had open your eyes to any revelations uh, that you want to do uh, for our people with, with, with medicine, anything like that? Definitely. I became, I originally became a nurse to become a midwife. <clears throat> My mother was the midwife of the Bosum Fee, Bosum Jamawozi birth worker. And so I originally became a nurse basically to become a midwife. I didn't want to be anyone's assistant, which I'm currently functioning as a nurse practitioner. And I do feel like some of my autonomous nature of my profession has been lost. And so seeing what's happening in combination with what's happening with COVID and what's happening in reference to the racial relations in this country. It's motivated me to want to do more for the community regarding health. So I'm working on a practice of my own that would be geared towards people that look like me, people that are having some of the same experiences as me, and from a holistic place, a holistic point of view. That's mind, dope. Body, spirit. That's dope. So, so when you talk about a holistic point of view, right, could you, could you talk a little bit more about that? Is that like... Uh, herbs, tinctures, proteins, diet shakes, or meditation, or is it a combination of both? How does that work? So my my specialty is herbology. Okay. I am an herbalist, but I recognize the need for multiple, oftentimes a variation of modalities to really get to healing. Um, and so, I, I mean, I've incorporated so many holistic modalities into my own healing that it helps me oh. to empower my patients to do the same and so meditation you talk about meditation meditation is huge journaling is huge herbs and if i if i recommend or believe that someone would benefit from something like acupuncture or other holistic needs i would refer them accordingly wow that's good stuff so yeah i'm more with the herbs essential oils included tinctures infusions you know, so, using the herbs in various ways. So, so, so to be an herbologist, is that how you say it? Did I say that correctly? Well, I say herbalist. Study, herbalist? Study herbalist. Mm -hmm. Do you have to go to school to be that? Like, do you have to get a degree or something like that? I mean, everyone doesn't. I, I, I honestly learned more of my... I learned more about herbs as a child, um, but I did do two years. I have a master's degree in nursing, and so in addition to my master's degree in family nurse practice, I also studied an extra two years in herbs and in holistic treatments and medicine. Wow, that's that's dope. So, so not only are you spiritually connected, but you're, I guess, what do they call that? Literally, Acad academic. Academic. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. see, see, she's very smart. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> So, so my, my main focus was allopathic medicine, nursing. Nursing tends to be holistic. Um, it's what differentiates us from medicine. And so nursing in general tends to be holistic. We look at a person's full situation versus looking at one specific problem. Mm, okay. And then within that, I chose the, my modality, my specialty as herbs. Now you, okay. now, you said that when you first started out, you wanted to be a midwife and deliver babies, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. but, but then somewhere along your career, you had a shift into to the holistic medicine. Yeah, I straight didn't like what I saw in the delivery room. So my, wow. my, my experience with birth, Afia, my, my sister was born at home. And because my mother was the midwife of the organization, I was familiar with the, the birthing process with regards to being having home births. 
And so when I saw what was going on in the delivery room, I really did not approve or like what I saw and <laughs> felt like I didn't, I didn't want any parts of it. And so I continued nursing, but I focused on family practice where I could still incorporate women's health in my practice. But as an RN, I worked with p- pediatrics for 15 years. And so I wanted to have all of that children, women, adults, families, husbands, wives. Like I wanted the whole, I wanted to address all of it. And so I focused on family practice. That's what's up. That's good stuff. So without revealing too much, right? Uh, how, how many years younger than you is your sister? Yes, that's a great question. We say 10. We say 10. And that's because we were both born on, we, we were both born you can kind of, we, we we have decade parties when we have our birthday party we do it together even though we're actually nine years and one month apart. Oh wow, oh, that's so cool. That's that's dope. So this this really is the question. So you saying that at ten when you saw your mother uh, giving birth, it scared you not to want to have kids? Is that what I'm hearing? Let's give it a no, round of applause for birth control. <laughs> Let's give it up for birth control, everybody. Not at all. I think the birthing process is a wonderful thing. My journey just I just I just took a different path. That's what's up. That's, that's... <laughs> so so we did kind of introduce you uh as having uh multiple names here and you know I kind of know a, a little bit of it. So before we get into anything deeper, let's tell the people how were you raised? Like in what society did you grow up and where did you grow up in this region of ours, this nation of ours? So most of my life, I've been a con. I grew up in a con practice, a con in America, both from Jim Rosey. From one to about five, my mom was somewhat searching. And so we went to Islam events. We went to various events. And then around between five and seven, she joined the Akans in America. And so I am a con. I grew up a con. And um, that's that. That's, so, so tell us a little bit about the con society and like how it's structured um, as far as like, you know, kings and chiefs and priesthood and stuff like that, because it's very similar to, you know, what we went through in our, you know, comedic religion. So we had our old man Henny. Um, Naniyal Paradini Zulu, who was the founder of their cons in America, Bosom Jamarozi. And in addition to being our old man, Henny, which is basically the chief of the organization, he was also our Akonfo Henny, which is a high priestess and a, and the priest, I said priestess, but high priest of, our, of the organization. And so we, we practiced polygamy. He okay. had, he had um, multiple wives. A lot of the other families within the organizations, the parents tended to be priests as well, a confo within the within the organization. And we lived in America as a con. So we ate, dressed, um, our religious practice all was similar to that. Well, really, I shouldn't even say similar. Naniyao's goal was to have the traditional practices of Akans in Ghana here in America. And so basically as descendants of the traditional Akan, we lived that life here in America. That's what's up. So you mentioned that you guys have polygamy, right? Yes. Did, uh, was, it, was it a requirement or? No. No, okay. Uh, no, not every family, not every family um, had polygamy, but so that per- was one of the things that was Allowed. Allowed. I so, say. person personally, how do you feel about polygamy, or is it something that you I would ever? That, I think because I grew up in that environment, I'm a little probably more open than most. Um, however, I think that a lot of people on the we we have. Okay, so the Western worldview, and uh, I don't I don't want to go. There. I mean, but, we understand it, so you can talk. You know. I just you can feel talk like about it. We there understand are a lot of it. people here in America that practice polygamy in a completely different way than it was traditionally practiced. Mm. And so it becomes more of a man feeling like he can have more than one woman 
versus uh, a true unit and family. And and I, I think that it can get f- funny on this side of the world with what happens with that. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think that um, some of the economical achievements that can come from polygamy really happen here. Uh-huh. It, it becomes more of a, a status a symbol. Yeah, and and sometimes it becomes it can be it can even come across as a cheating thing because the honesty that I think was more present in traditional times is not as present on this side of the globe, and so I feel like it can cause some. Problems. Well, well, what I think it is is that you know, a lot of the people that I've seen, you know, may not have grown up in an African tradition, right? and then join a community and then try to practice polygamy, but still have their Western mentalities. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So would you ever be in a polygamous relationship? I don't think so. (laughs) No, I don't want to. I don't want to. No. (laughs) No, it it really takes a strong, it takes really strong people to really you know, dive into that. It's a really serious thing and there's nothing to be taken lightly. Um, absolutely. So talk about like a little bit about your schooling in the Akan society. Did y'all have your own school? Definitely. Um, okay. And how, how long was that up until like high school? And then did you go to a public high school? I went to a public high school, but that was really based off my mother's choice. And allowing that because it was it was really new. I think I was the first person to go to an outside school from the organization. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, the school actually went to high school, and there are some um, folks that graduated from Bosun Jamalozi Day School. However, I started public high school. Mm-hmm. Um, from, so from early on, first grade, second grade, I was in public school. Then, um, well, I shouldn't even I shouldn't even start there because from the age of two I was in a Hosasa Shule in Brooklyn. Yes, yep. Yes. As a lot of people that yes. we grew up with were, went there. That's what. So, so did, was, did you know? Did you know Mama Kaumba? Of course, Mama Kaumba, <laughs> Mama Ramona, Mama Wambui. Yes, those are my. We love we love Mama Kaumba. We yes. talk about her on this show a lot. Oh. She's yes. the crack crack your knuckles with the ruler. <laughs> yes. All right, so I'm gonna tell y'all this story. Mama Kaumba, tell the story. She was uh, <laughs> she wasn't one of the teachers at the society school. She was a substitute teacher for for kids our age, right? And so this was when I was in the I would say about the fifth or sixth grade, probably probably the sixth grade. And Mama Kaumba was the substitute teacher for our, our class that day. And I had just got this new Sony Super Bass Walkman, right? And I'm sitting in the back of the class, and I'm, I'm every every so often I, I play the earphones and I play my music and I start jamming, and I and I, and I think I'm being sneaky so and Mama Kuma doesn't notice me because she hadn't said anything for about probably the first hour. Then lo and behold, she calls me to the front of the class. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Uh, come here, young brother." I said, "Me?" She said, "Yeah, yeah, come, come. I gotta tell you something." So I walked to the front of the class nonchalantly. And as I got to the front of the class and she was sitting behind her desk, she just choked the shit out of me. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, listen, That's brother, funny. if you don't get to doing what you're going to do, this is going to happen again. Mm. <laughs> no. Now you say that. That's real. Especially what was happening. I think of her very frequently, especially what was happening in the world right now. Because with George Floyd and I mean, that's a, what she said when you think about it. It's real. When I first became a nurse, I had a real hard time transitioning into white America. Mm, And that's really what healthcare and nursing was about for me when I started because they would say things to me like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. And or they would say things about my name that were inappropriate. Or they would say they would just say things and do things that I felt were inappropriate. And I would try to school them. And it was Mama Umba that said to me, You can't teach, you can't. Because I would attempt to teach them and I would always get resistance from whatever I was trying to share. 
So if I was going too deep into history, I would I would meet resistance. If I would even discuss my own experience, I would meet the resistance. And she she said, no, you you it's not your job there to teach them. Mm. If they want to know, they'll seek that knowledge themselves. And that was that was powerful for me because that's something I still experience to this day with this whole George Floyd business. You have a lot of people that want to spark up conversations about what's happening, but they really don't want to know. No, or understand. Yeah, what we're really what our our true experience. If I if I break mm-hmm. down for, to, for them every experience that I've had with police office officers, my own experience. So if I break down to them every racial incident that I've experienced in my lifetime outside of the history, it 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 they don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. It doesn't really resonate with them. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I and I and it took a long time for me to understand and really now I they try to get they try to hear where I'm coming from and I really stay quiet. I stay silent because I I find that it's it's not genuine. You hear a lot of people saying Absolutely. Of, the actions don't match those words at all. I mean, it's it's the same with all these, you know, major corporations now wanting to be a part of the movement and giving money and acknowledging this and that and like come on yeah this ain't this ain't nothing new (laughs) like you're only you're only doing this to save face because it's going to affect your bottom line money yeah the bottom line is always. you know what i mean and we see through that you know what i mean any idiot can see that yeah it's more offensive i find it more offensive exactly (laughs) absolutely but what we're gonna do right here though guys is we're gonna take a quick break and listen to what our sponsors got to say and then we're going to come right back and uh, get right into it. We're going to get into some more things in depth. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back. We are still here chopping it up with uh, Rakia Ferguson, a.k.a. Afiba Bediaco. And uh, we're, we're going to actually try to give you guys a better look as to how the children that were raised in a con society... Uh, had a lot of similarities to how we were raised. So we were just talking a lot in general. And earlier, Fever, you mentioned that you went to Uhuru Sasa and then uh, the Khan Society had a school as well, right? Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. you did say the name to your school so fast that only people that went to your school would be able to readily recognize it. Could you say the name of that school again, please? Bosum, which is Abosum, which are the, spirit, the spiritual deities. Jemawozi, which is ancestors in Ga. So Bosum is Akan, Jemawozi is Ga, and our school was Bosum Jemawozi Day School. That's good stuff. Now, I, I happen to know that your mother is, a, is an excellent teacher. And was she a part of starting that school, or did she teach in that school? Actually, no. She, she, she drove the school bus. Wow. <laughs> but no, I don't remember her ever teaching in the school, no. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. Um, Antonia Bobbio, I, 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 I know you're familiar with Asasiya. Ose Bobbio and Yao Bobbio run Asasiya, and their mom, we started Bosum Jabozi in her home. Oh, wow. Two, two of us, and then it expanded to, it was in Southside Jamaica. Um, we had our Bosum Fie, which is where we have our alcombs and our practice, our religious practice, but that was also where we had our school summer school day school <laughs> that's interesting because all of our all of our schooling kind of started the same way definitely um, out of somebody house um and then to somebody else's house and then somebody else's house and then then ultimately to the to, which to like a building to the yeah. building right mm-hmm. so did, did you guys have a have a building ultimately that was yeah. exclusively for the school, or was it like yeah. a community building that we used for everything? No, oh, yes, we had the, the. I think it became the Ames and Majawe Cultural Center in in Suffern, Suffern, Southside Jamaica, Queens. That's mm. where we ended up having our school. So from I think Nana bought that building in like about eighty two. Actually, I remember that because that's when my sister was born. Because um, her naming ceremony was one of the first events in that building, and from there, that I mean, that's that was it. That was school. That's that's what's up. So let me ask you this question, because when you went from Uhuru Sasa to to the day school, it doesn't sound like it was that big of adjustment because it was still people that were affiliated with spiritual culture. Is that a fair assessment? 
that's a fair assessment. I mean, I went to public school in between. You did, um, okay. I did go. I did go to first grade and possibly second grade in public school, but I I got in a lot of trouble because of the cultural. In the first grade. Oh yeah, I was suspended, <laughs> I was suspended in the second grade. From oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it, I was different. My mother had locks. Mm. And that's how people saw it then. It was in Pessy Pessy. It was religious for us, but to them, my mama was smoking weed. I was the African booty scratcher. I had short hair. We dressed African. It was. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Wow. That's, now that's interesting because when we had Sinful on the show, he also mentioned that he was known as the African booty scratcher when he went to to a public high school. Mm-hmm. That's that's that was the, the insult of choice. That was then. that's that's not really creative. I just have to, <laughs> I, just, I just want to point that out, like of all the things to say. So, but let's talk about when you went to high school, though, right? Go to a public high school. I went to August Martin in, in Queens, which was right up the street from Bosom Jamawosi. So, literally, I would leave high school and go to after school at Bosom Jamawosi when I when I was going to August Martin. Wow, that's kind of dope, though. To like to be the older kids and come back and see the younger kids. Yeah. Right? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> when you're doing it, it ain't dope. When you're doing it, it's not dope at all. But really what I want to talk about is your time at August Martin. Mm-hmm. Right? Because going from, you know, a society school to a public school had to be a big adjustment. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I- I'm sure that amongst other things, your dress was different mm-hmm. and... Your name is definitely different, although you, you, you have one of those names that's, I guess, Well, more when accepted. I was born to August Martin, I was a Fiba Bediaco. My mother ah. got away with changing my name. Back then, after, before 9-11, you could just change your name without all of the same process. You know, you don't have to jump through hoops back then. And so in high school, I was a Fiba Bediaco. My friends from high school know me as a Fiba Bediaco. Wow. That's 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 interesting. I didn't know that they could but do my, that. But my I'm, birth certificate has been Rakia. My birth I'm certificate glad, is Rakia. I'm glad my mother didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so when it was time for me to get a driver's license, I think when it was when it finally came that that's not your name. Where did this come from? But I had social security numbers in both names. I had Actually, I had a driver's okay, okay. license. Don't say that too loud on this show. We don't want the Alpha Boy boys listening. I mean, it just was the same number. It was the same number. Just oh, just, just different cars. Got you, got you. <laughs> so, so, but, so let me ask you this question, though. So how did you make that adjustment uh, in high school, you know, with, with a different name? And I'm sure you had somewhat different dress. I'm sure. Well, I was, I was in training for priesthood when I was in high school. So I definitely had different dress. And I straight cut school. I just cut class. I cut as much as I could until I was absent for 34 days out of a month, which doesn't exist. And they called my mother and she went up there. I had no idea what we were going up there for because I hadn't been in school and it was open school. <laughs> it was open school night and everything was laid on the table. But straight, I just cut. I, I, that's what I did. I cut. It was a it was an uncomfortable adjustment for me. Um, I would get into fights and it was easier for me just not to be there. And so that's what I did facts I, I i happen to um know somebody that knows somebody that had a similar experience and, and if, if that person was here today i'm sure they would say that they cut for the same reason um but that's that's what's up so when we were raised in a society we had a special diet did you guys have any dietary restrictions uh as a part of the con society we had taboo so i know your practice was ve- was vegan not even vegetarianism right it was veganism right Yes, it was all yes. the way strict, strict, strict vegan. Yeah, we we were carnivores, but we there was no pork. We had specific taboos: no pork, no gold, no palm oil, palm kernel oil, no um, cola products. So we had specific taboos, and we had to read items before we ate them, and that kind of thing. But that was the that was the most that came from that. What, was it hard to adhere to those things? Because I know for us, it was it was ridiculous. Like I can't once... say that it was hard. It, I can say that as soon as I broke, I was eating what I wanted to. But I can't mm-hmm. say that it was hard when I was doing it. It was frustrating to see every if my friends bought a sandwich, a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich, and everybody was sharing it, and I was just there. 
Yeah, we we used to sneak sneak out and eat, and <laughs> sneak to the corner store and get an egg and cheese on a roll or something. If I wasn't training, I probably would have done that stuff. But because I was training to be a priest at that time, I didn't I didn't do it until I broke the training. And then when I broke training, mm. I just did whatever I wanted. <laughs> oh wow! So that was actually going to be my follow up question. So you broke the training. You didn't complete the priesthood training. No, I did no. not. I made it three years later. Sometimes I beat myself up for it now, but I was mm-hmm. 17. I trained from 14 to 17. And at 17, I was didn't want so to do it So is it anymore. different levels that you have to go through through training? Or how, can you even talk about how that works a little bit? I mean, normally the training is about three years. I broke mm-hmm. training in March and the graduation from my group was that August. So literally I was oh, wow. months away from finishing. But at that time, first of all, I didn't know when the graduation was going to be. And even if I had, I'm not sure that I would have completed it because my mindset at that point, I was I was done. Now, when you say you were done, were you done with the training or were you done with the society in general? And if so, did you make a complete break or how did that happen? In the moment, I was done with the society in general. Um, Mm. mommy always had somewhat of a, when you turn 18, you make your own choices type of a thing. And so once I started getting closer to 18, I thought that breaking training and breaking away from all of it was what I wanted, but it turned out, and I, I did some searching and I studied other, um, traditions and religions. And ultimately I felt like I was in a con. And so Mm. I didn't complete my training, but. I still practice be, living as an icon for the most part. So when you were growing up, did you, um, did you know, like, do you know what our, our uh, community is? Definitely. Uh, so I saw okay. we, uh, there were, okay. there were definitely events that we went to of yours and mm-hmm. organization would come to events of ours. So definitely. Okay. Check them sure I was familiar with, um, Shechem and Shechem, I know there were different, the greeting was different because we salute, we had to salute our elders, um, with the, with the, the right palm of your hand on the, your left and you bend. And I think uh, you I guys, that. you guys like clap, like, right, right. Yes. Yeah. So I was, I was definitely, him, yeah. yeah, I was definitely familiar with Asar set. Yeah, as we were, were with the you know familiar with the cons and Yoruba, you know we had a lot of friends that you know were a part of that them you know and hang out with them at the African Street Festival, exactly um, other events. So yeah, we were definitely you know bonded in that way. And there was an interconnectedness that came from that traditional African practice. Right. So I think that there was it's like you saw someone in the street dressed different. You give a head nod, you know what I mean? Mm. Even if you didn't necessarily know them, there was a kind of unspoken relationship there. Now, with the cons, are y'all, forgive me if I'm, you know, uneducated about it, the um, the slices in the face, mm-hmm. was that a part of your, you guys' culture? So, we had one slice. Okay. I know the Yoruba had three on each cheek. Mm, we had okay. one that identifies you as an Akan. Right. And we had we have markings on our arm mm. as well. And as a priest, there were certain markings that you obtained that identified you. Well, it was I mean it's it's medicines that you received, but it was also identified you as a as a priest. Mm. I always thought <laughs> I always thought that was really beautiful on on women. Um I would hope so. It was just some no, no, I mean I just thought like it was very, you know, I forget the word. I mean it's it was just very it was something that stood out for me personally when I would see uh the, the young ladies with those cuts on their face. I think you know who who has that that we know? Um we don't say names on the show, but listen though. Okay, um, but you know what I'm talking I do. about. But Afibido, let me ask you this question though, in regards to, to the cuts and when you got the cuts specifically. Like, you know, like in Hollywood, if you see a movie about it, right, they'll sensationalize it and it'll be like a burning spear or something crazy like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, was it anything like that or, or was it uh, really uh, ritualistic or could you speak about that? I mean, that? I, it's, it is sacred, so it's awkward to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that my first marks were, was when I was seven mm. and it was after having a fight. 
And so for me, the first time came across as a punishment. Punishment, right, right. Um, and so, I mean, I ended up having... We just got public beatings. <laughs> oh, we got those two. We did, I, we, did red, we did cayenne pepper. We did, I mean, they, they, they were really... I call it a con land when I was trying to be funny. But in a con land, they would do a lot of practices that were quote-unquote traditional that in hindsight, I'm like, oh. Right. <laughs> Cold DCS. <laughs> Shoot, I'm a, I'm a mandated reporter now. <laughs> but I, I, it's funny because there was a time when I couldn't laugh about some of it. Mm. And there was a bit of place in my heart because of some mm. of it. But when I look at the, when I look at the reality, I'm grateful for it. Because when I look at people who have no culture, it, it, it's like, what is wrong with you? Like the fact that some, and, and so many of us really have none. Mm. And I had a conversation with a Trinidadian today because he was talking about Irish slaves. Right. And, and I'm like, not for nothing, but I have a problem when people call those, those bring those conversations, especially surrounding what's happening now, because I feel that the Irish were the the British used them as an example of what they didn't want to do. So now they came mm. to the Africans and it was like, we're going to take away everything in order to make them the slave we want them to be. We got to break them. We got to we got to make their bodies strong and their minds weak. And I feel like what they left us with is horrible. And there are there are still people with only what the Europeans gave them. No other culture. You know what I mean? So when I mm-hmm. think about that, it's it's scary. You see people in the Caribbean, they still have certain practices that are directly associated with Africa. But some of us wouldn't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. So so when I think about that aspect of it, I understand where our parents that joined the organization were coming from with, with that hunger for that spiritual quest. But when I was living it, mm. oh, hell no. I w- it was not. As mm. we all. As, I mean, it, it's really the same, you know what I mean? <laughs> the same but different you know situation you know a lot of us you know some of us are you know resentful um of the way that we were raised but the majority of us really you know now that you get an older and you actually live in your journey and experience the different things um it it manifests in us so so heavily to deal with these times and, you know, like I was telling Kimwa, all the work and all the rituals and all the, you know, meditations that we and our parents did when we were younger prepared us for yeah. what's going on right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I have... called it a cult. I called the economy in America a cult one time on Facebook. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, they, they almost ate me alive. What? Wow. You called it a cult. How could you? And I and I mean, and this is this is somebody who had some resentment in her heart, but learned to be grateful for it. You know oh, what I mean? Oh. So don't tell me because I lived it. And the right. person who the person who was bothered by me calling it a cult was a once once in a once in a while kind of experience for mm-hmm. them. I lived it twenty four seven from five to seventeen. You know right. what I mean? So right. you can't tell me that it wasn't a cult because for me that's what I was. <laughs> 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 I'm laughing because you, you actually put that on Facebook though. Like you like that was your post? Like what was that? Yeah, I posted that people who grew up in a cult c- commonly are easily manipulated. And which mm. is a true which is a true assessment that's been made psychologically that when you grow up in a cult, oftentimes you are, you're easily manipulated. And I did a lot of work to change that behavior. So mm. for me, it was healing. So you're not gonna tell me you can't you I can only speak from my experience. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't knock anyone who's 100% grateful, but there was a lot of years that I was not. And I'm real about that. Mm. And so some people get bothered by that. And some people are intimidated by that. And and I got a big mouth. So I say things <laughs> and I do things. And it no, is I mean, what you it have is. to tell the truth, though. You have to tell the yeah. truth. But a lot of I mean? people are not. A lot of people, they say they want the truth, but they are scared as hell. And. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear the truth. It's too much. But the you know truth, I mean? the truth is that is that that was just your experience, right? So yes. whether or not it is or it isn't, I don't think is up is up that whether it is or it isn't is up for debate. But wh- how you feel about it isn't. I don't. 
I think that's what I want. I mean to say, right? Like, yeah, you. That's how you feel. You were raised, and so how do people argue with your, you your perspective? Like, I don't. But I don't... people do. That's just people, and some people yeah. feel like they have to, especially on a public forum and on like Facebook, because now if they, their silence means that they're condoning mm. my, my conversation, mm. so by by negating it or by arguing with me about it, it it makes them the higher, the higher, you know what and I mean? E- like, even if they feel the same way you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that's real. There's a lot of people who are like, you know, you can, you can, it's like you can say that, you can say that, but not out loud. Right, you know? right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Now, a, now for us, right, I, I don't know how many of you guys there were uh, in, in the in the kind of society in which you grew up, but for us, is is a is a is a good number of us, maybe about thirty or forty of us at the time. We had an organization here and in DC. We used to travel to DC for ceremonies and As, for so yep. so we have we have we have an organization a whole no, another organization that fell under Nani Pride Zulu in DC and also in, in um New York. So the, I, at the numbers I can't even well, the numbers are not important. I was just trying to put mm-hmm. a number on it, but I'm glad that you said DC because that puts a whole new spin on it. So my question really is to this, um, because we are, we're all still close. And, you know, we talk about how when we come back together, it's just like we never left. Is that the same with you guys? Are you guys still close? And it's- Yes, definitely. You have some that broke away completely. Mm. Um but I feel like even if, if I run into someone who broke away completely, the love is still there. Definitely. We're still mm-hmm. family, you know? But yeah. And Kim, I just want to cor- correct you. I mean, it was way more than 30 or 40 of us. I mean, what we had was, you know, our annual event that was in uh, Prince George County, Virginia, where all of our different um, HESP used to come together. So, you know, we had friends from Atlanta to D.C. to Milwaukee, Philadelphia, all over the country. And we built those bonds when we were young. And to this day, we still, me and Kim will have something that's called first generation to where we have, or we, we try to have like annual events. Um, we've had a couple of picnics in the, in prospect park to where we just try to bring everybody back that, that people our age that we grew up with so that we don't ever lose that connection and that you know people that's a good idea yeah that may be going through things to just come to reconnect and you know get that genuine love you know what i mean no it's pretty it's pretty cool too and we call it the first generation because we were like that first generation of children that the the parents were experimenting on Oh right. yeah, the, the got it the hardest. The first generation got it. When I looked at the way my sister Thea grew versus the way that mommy was new to this, and so the punishments were African. But, but, <laughs> and, and now, and the fever because you know, right? When it got to Poopa, it was even worse. It was yeah. just like, oh, but, stop it. But one thing that is different, though. And I think that it actually made it a little bit more difficult with the first generation is a lot of us had the, we, we came into this from something else. So mm-hmm. my sister was born into it. Right, right. Yes. So in addition yes. to, in they addition didn't know nothing to be, else. Exactly. So in addition to it being different, she only had one name. There was mm-hmm. no fight. For me, it was a fight. No, my name is Rakia. No, your name is Afiba. No, my name is Rakia. You know what I mean? And I was at that age where the fight was real for me. And so I, I was like Kunta Kinte. I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that so was, funny. That was my you know? yeah. so, so, so as we know, the story goes, right? This is how the story goes for Kunta Kinte. He was always Kunta, but then he got a, a whooping one day, and then he said Toby, right? So what was like your figurative <laughs> whooping? Or... No, it's figurative. It ain't figurative. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's your name, Rakita Kayanke? What's your name, Rakita Kayanke? I got a lick for every time I said Rakita Kayanke Ferguson. It ain't figurative. Real life. Mm. There's no metaphor here. No- <laughs> that was my experience. Wow! Wow! So, 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 and that's why the name you—it's it, so crazy. You never know. Like now, I'm okay, but there was a period of time you caught me a fever. I was frowning at you, like mm. nah. Rukia. 
And I stood strong in that because of my experience. But but over years of of looking at it in a different light and understanding where my mother was coming from and understanding what the goal was, I can accept that I'm Rakia and Afiba. Okay, so so talk about that. Like so talk so you said you accepted it. So tell me like how if I'm having a problem with it, right? Like what things should I understand to help me, you know, better come to grips with having a different name? That should that like in it, order to be traditional, that okay, for one, Europeans took everything from us, including our names. Uh-huh. And it's not that far. I, I, I get a little touchy when I say it, but Islam did the same things. Uh-huh. And so Rakia is a Muslim name. It's not a traditional African name. And there are Senegalese that use Rakia and there are Africans that use Rakia, but it's not a traditional African name. And I'm clear about that. It's a Muslim name. It's, it's Islamic. It's Arabic. And I'm not Arabic. So that's where, I, that's where I, I express to people the importance of having your own tradition, mm. having your own name, being able to identify. I'm a girl born on Friday. I'm proud of that. Although I didn't love the name Afiba, I, I liked Afua and Afia better. <laughs> this, was something that, this, was, this was something that was prophesied for me. And at the time, I mean, as a, as a seven-year-old, you can't comprehend any of that. Right. None of that, none of that. You know? So now I can say, Nana, I can believe and trust that he, that was a name that was divine, was given to me with divine purpose. Did you ever say what your name meant? Did we ever? Afiba means girl. Afiba is a girl born on Friday. It's one of the one of the names for a girl born on Friday. I've been told since that there's a spirit Afi, and and Ba means child, and so Afiba is the child of Afi. I don't know that one hundred percent. I've because I've really tried to investigate. Because even in Ghana, a lot of people was like, "No, if you're born on Friday, your name is Afia." No, Friday. Your name is Afua. Even they weren't saying Afiba. So I'm like, well, where the hell did this name come from? (laughs) And it wasn't until years later that I found out that the Maroons named their girl, their girls born on Friday, Afiba. And it actually gave me somewhat of a, okay, maybe that's how why it was defined for me because my father happens to be Jamaican. I don't have any. Wow. I don't have any direct connection to the Maroons themselves. I don't know of any of my family that are definitely maroon or lived in Jama- in that part. We, that's not the part of Jamaica where my family came, but it gave me a little bit of a, oh, maybe that's how I got that name. That that's why that name was my name versus Afia or Four. That's what's up. Now, so um, so far, right? I'm I'm liking you, but I just want to <laughs> see if if it's gonna <laughs> if it's gonna if it's gonna continue because you know a fever. I like that girl child born on a Friday. Um, just, just, just a general uh, month. What, what month is your birthday? December. I'm a cat, Capricorn. Oh yeah, you, you okay? You just okay? I, I... <laughs> Rakia has, has, has a meaning as well, and I love the meaning of Rakia. Rakia means one who ascends, and I feel like I'm forever ascending. I'm forever rate going higher, higher, higher. So I love like that that name. I'm passionate about that name as well, even though it's Islam, even though, but it is the name my parents gave me. And so that's why, honestly, that's why I use it now. I love the meaning of my name. I love the power that comes with Rakia as well. And so ultimately I'm Rakia. Ultimately, your dimples. But we're not gonna talk about that. We're not even gonna... <laughs> that you, you know what? Uh, tell me. That I had, it's funny because life spring. Which is which is an organization that your mother introduced my mother to. She was her emo. LifeSpring is what broke me down about my name, because in LifeSpring they make you make a name tag, and I made my name tag Dimples. And they said, "Why do you prefer wow. Dimples your name?" And they broke me down about it. And when I broke down and and realized the whole what happened to me with the that beating that came with a fever, I realized. That's why I didn't want to use that name. Wow. It's not, it, 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 I didn't identify with that name. I preferred Dimples for years. That's, Dimples was my... Yeah, I didn't even know you had another name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, though, you did Life Spring? That's, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so what, Is that the oil, the oil company? No, no, it's not the oil company. That's the, the personal development. Oh, okay. uh, Three-day yeah. weekend uh, yeah. Oh, okay. And Dimples was on my drivers. Dimples was on my plates back then. Yes, like, it was. Dimples was my yes, name. it was. Yes, it was. 
But wait, so let's get back to Light Spring for a second, though. Because this is crazy to me, because I also did Light Spring. Okay. I didn't put dimples on my name tag, though. I just want to point that. <laughs> 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 but uh, so so, how many levels did you do? Because I didn't get through but one level. That's all. I stopped at leadership. You stopped that. So that was the that was the third level, right? Yeah, I did the second level, and then I stopped at leadership. Wow. Let me tell you what. Ha- let me. I'm not going to tell you what happened in the second. But I'm going to tell you that in the second level, I definitely had a problem. Uh, navigating through, and I didn't make it anything further than the uh, initial introduction ceremony. Mm-hmm. That's as far. That's as far as I got on the second level. <laughs> it just didn't work out for me. But that, that mm-hmm. that's dope that you did light spring. Yeah, I think that that kind of really contributed to to a lot of to to some of my healing. I have to say because I was able to dig dig deep. A lot of times people would tell you to meditate and they would give you these metaphoric guided imageries to use. And for me, it was too, I couldn't do it. I I was unable to wrap my mind around. They say, take the garbage bags and put them to the side of the road to get rid of your garbage. And for me, it was like, I don't have any garbage bags. There's no side of the road. I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of people. Like I couldn't wrap my head around some of their guided stuff. But then once I did, once I allowed that, once I allowed myself to meditate and take me someplace different, mm. it did allow for some some positive healing. Yeah, that's dope. And you know why? That's that's why you're you, and that's why I didn't I didn't I didn't follow that ascending path, and that's why my name is not Rakia. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. No, that that's dope. So we you know we've been talking, and I didn't even know you had a Facebook account until recently. And uh, I, I kind of went on your page and checked out some of the people that you know, which happen to be some of the people that I know. And I, well, of course, Asara said Akan. Well, you know, I mean, not- I mean, like, like not some of the people that I know in passing, rather, right? Because it's, it's different. Okay. Like some of the people that I that I really know, like, um, mm-hmm. like one of our mutual friends is uh, Kimberly Hayes. Yes, I know she was from Asara Set. I know her originally from Asara Set. Yeah, and, I- and then. And now, I think she's a con. Yeah, well, I you know that's her business. I don't I don't know her her personal spiritual oh. path right now. That that wasn't the point. But yeah, of this. I know her. Yeah, I was just just amazing. So like, who are, are some of the people that we might know that you know? Because I thought that was uh, rather interesting. And you said you had a, a society out in D.C. Do you know any of the people from the society in D.C. that? Oh yeah. But uh, mostly my age group, because I had that time away. So most of the people that I know are from my age group. So I know Yao Tyus. Here here in New York, it's a little different, because even outside of my age group, a lot of the youth are my family, whether they're godbrothers or cousins or family. It's different. So in, in Washington, I know my generation here the first people i always think about is that people are familiar with it from asasiya so osei ababio yao ababio adjo parry fua ababio yaso aquia aisha aquia and and adjoa asantua right now listen though um, yeah so i want to give a big i want to give a don't don't do it i want to give a big shout out to um <laughs> to to Adua, right? Opea, right? Because when we were coming up, because you know it's two of them, right? Adua and Asantua, they, they both have the same Adua, right? Oh, yeah. We always called Asantua Asantua. So, yeah, I forget that her name is Adua. So, when, me and one of my friends, when we would talk about Adua Opea, and you can ask her this to this day, you don't even have to, when you, the next time you see her, you can tell her this. Just, just say to her this thing, and she's going to know exactly who told you this thing. You don't even have to say no more. All you have to do is say to her, hello, Harold. Right? Harriet? <laughs> Harriet isn't Harriet something? No, Harold. Harold. No, ha- Harold. Oh, Harold, okay. Harold. We, we call that Harold, right? Because we had to differentiate between the two of them. So we didn't have to keep saying, no, this one and that one, right? And this was just me and my friends. You guys didn't have anything to do with this, Right? And to this day, we still call her Harold. Like, if I talk to her and I see her tomorrow, I'll be like, yo, Harold, what's up? And you know why we called her Harold? I'm going to put a business No on. idea. Because her boyfriend name was Harold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so you now going to be Harold. Now, now shout out to Adjo. Adjo is, is cool. Queer is cool, too. Asante is cool. Um, 
It was a it was another one that was down with y'all. You know a fool? She was with your fool. I don't know her. I, she was light skin. That's the only thing I could tell you. Oh yeah, I know a fool. That's mm-hmm. she was mad short too. Like you could put it in your... Ajapone. A fool Ajapone. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know her like that. Well, I just remember that they used to all hang out together. I, yes. I can't remember anybody. Did you used to? Uh, that was the same. That was the same. Circle. That's what's up. Did you used to see um uh, when um Nana Denizula used to play the the square drum? Did you? Of course. Did you get to, to witness that? That's. I what's... remember when the Goldman first came. Mm-hmm. Why wow, when it first came? Talk about that. What do you mean when it first came? Because I don't remember that. I mean, I remember when that was. I remember the introduction of Goldman because mommy, my mommy is the narrator of the dance company. I remember when that was the new thing. Oh wow! That was like when new songs came, or when new dances came, or when when different organizations from Africa would come and teach. Like we learned, um, the whole Zulu piece. Ibuto from a Zulu sister that came from South Africa. Like I remember when those times happened. I remember when some Nigerians came and taught some of the dances that are done now. I remember when Gome, when Gome was first played. I remember. Yeah, that's 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 one of the the highlights of my life when I got to see him. Uh, not a Jenny Zulu that is play it out at the uh, African Street Festival. Like a. Uh, <clears throat> Absolutely, I used to love to watch the the, the Yao's performances. That was I think that, that was the introduction to a, to a lot of people were introduced to the religious aspect from the dance company. Mm, true. That is did you, true. Were you a part of the dance company? You said your mother was the narrator. Did, did you dance with the... We, as a child, we had the Asafo by dance company, which was the children's, um, the children's dance company. Mm. And then just within the last four years, I had some performances with Jenny Zolo and his African dancers, drummers, and singers, yes. Okay, let's, get, let's give a round of applause for, for Dancer Extraordinaire. My last performance was actually 4th of July last year at the, at the International Arts Festival, they call it now, the East. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. The remade I remember, version. I remember the original It's not East. the same. The vibe I is not the same. I remember the East with the co-op yeah, oh, before yeah, exactly. Musasa Armory. Like, I remember all of that. So. Mm-hmm. It's still a good time, yeah. but it's just not yeah. the same. So I, Making it international. So are you... You, you, you <laughs> guys are just, just old. old. That's the, the two of you are up there, pretty much up there. <laughs> no, so, so you're no longer dancing with them? No. Wow. And it's only because of the commute. I love the dancing with them. But because I live in New Jersey and the rehearsals are in New York and driving three days a week to New York, it was too much. So I, I, I hung up my dancing shoes. Oh, wow. So is your mother still narrating? Yeah, forty something years now. Yep. Wow, that's dope. Your mother, your mother is pretty dope too. You can tell I said that. All right. Thank you. I know. Thank, thank you. you. For, I agree. For, for passing on the message because it was after your mother that that connected the two of us, which was pretty cool. Indeed. But no, we uh, we could probably keep going on for another thirty to forty hours here if, if time permits. Absolutely, but that was that was. A- Great, great conversation. You know, we touched on a, a lot of things today. Um, we would love to do this again. And if you have any information on, you know, what we were talking about before about your practice and furthering your practice in the you know, health field, just, you know, let us know that information well, so do you we have can any, put it like, out to um, the people. Any holistic practices or anything that you want to promote to the people right now? This is a, a platform where you get your message out where they can check you out. If they need I anything. have a website. You have a website, so talk about it. Oh, yeah. It's garveycare.com, www.garveycare.com. The name of my practice is Garvey Care. Marcus Garvey happens to be one of my favorite heroes. I love the African diaspora. Acknowledging African healing across the diaspora is my goal. And so, garveycare.com. There you go. And so, so what can, before, what can we get on garvey.com? Like, Tell them what can they expect? Like, can they get so, consultation? So, I mean, right now, right now, I'm working on telemedicine visits where I will provide video conference. I'm willing to do home calls or house calls, old school healthcare. Um, once I've established a, a medical relationship with a patient, um, my like I said, my specialty is herbs, and so my goal for chronic care is herbs <laughs> and then i'm also um, i also can the herb or herbs <laughs> herbs and i can provide <laughs> episodic visits as well so if someone has an acute illness and needs an immediate 
treatment. I can give you the immediate herb, you know, herbs that are effective or medication because I prescribe medications as well. But I always offer both. So I like to let patients know that there are herbs out there that have some of the same properties as the medications. They just can take more time to work. Facts. But listen, if you want to get uh, healed with the holistic approach from someone that uh, is familiar with spiritual culture, whatever your background is, definitely check a fever out and, uh, you know, support. Because we definitely going to check you, you out. No, no, we thank you. But um, we're just going to wrap it up here, ladies and germs. It's always a pleasure chopping it up with you guys. And I think this was a really special episode because we got to kind of bridge our two worlds together, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely see the similarity. I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's good to, you know, know that we basically kind of went through the same things, you know what I mean? Um, schooling, the spiritual culture. Um, it was really just, you know, really, really good to hear that from. And we're going to have other, you know, people from other, you know, spiritual cultures on our show because that's what our show is really about is about, you know, how our trials um meditation is just a metaphor for you know how our trials and spiritual culture from from kids to adults and how that journey was for for each and don't forget if you like what you're hearing from us leave us a comment or a review on your favorite platform absolutely and uh let us know uh what you think about the show who you want to hear from and we'll check for you guys next time and Don't forget to uh, meditate and let it marinate. Peace. Peace.